Oh, my God. 
25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Oh, oh, oh. 
Night Rider, a show from the 80s about a man and his... Thank you. 
Kena Shem is a song made popular years ago by Shlomo Simcha, a great cover by the Shira Choir. Chazda Hashem from the um, Asuki and Ding presentation of uh, a cappella selections. Yafya Fisa, Cry No More, Hema, and Halila. That was all AKA Pella in a unique effort um, back in 2012. Really a good, um, fast moving a cappella album that made a, a tremendous impact. Adir is brand new from Miami, their Yavo a cappella album. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Tuesday, a Giving Tuesday here at JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. And a great opportunity for people to give and give generously and to kick off our 2020 campaign fundraiser. Uh, if you enjoy what you listen to every day, all year round, please help us out and keep us going with a generous donation on this Giving Tuesday at fjbunity.org fjbunity.org. I want to give a special shout out to uh, <clears throat> to Anne and Harriet in New Jersey. I walked in this morning and saw a beautiful donation to really kick off our Giving Tuesday and our 2020 fundraiser, and I thank them very, very much. As they indicated in their letter, and I don't think they'll mind if I read it, enclosed is our check. We so enjoy the programs. They keep us well informed. Thank you, Harriet and Anne, and I thank them very, very much. Today is the 5th of May, the 11th of ER, the year 5780, Tufshin Pei. Today is day number 26 in the counting of the Omer, day number 26. That's three weeks and five days. We forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. 47 degrees, mostly sunny, and a high temperature of 63. Clouds tonight, low 49, and tomorrow, Afternoon showers and a high temperature of 54 degrees. We shall lie right now at 65. We are at uh, 47 degrees in New York City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. And uh, we'll continue with more from the uh, Miami Acapella album. Uh, it's Miami Yavo turned into an acapella presentation at JM in the AM.
Da 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 da
The Hevra wrapping up our uh, first hour of broadcasting on this Sphera format Tuesday here at JM in the AM. That is the uh, Gam Kielach done by Ellie Gerstner and the Hevra. It's a um, <laughs> it's a historic album in a way because uh, that was the album that was playing when people walked into the rally April 15th, 2002, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that was the date. Uh, to march on Washington in light of all the uh, bombings, etc., that were going on in Israel. It was quite a day, frankly, quite a day. Tuesday, day 26 in the counting of the Omer. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and NachumSegal.com, and the Segal Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Do we have Galitzal going? I think so. Let's see. 
Golly, it's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. And then plenty more. Coach David Blatt, who's one of the Bonate Sion recipients, Bonate Sion Award from Nefesh Benefesh, and had a role in the Cleveland Cavaliers championship a few years back. He's going to join us in the 8 o'clock hour today here at JM in the AM. Coach David Blatt joins us. It's all coming up here at JM in the AM. Tuesday morning, JM in the AM, Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. גליצל בירושלים השעה שתיים, שלום רב, כאן רן יבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. ממשלת נתניהו גנץ, הליכוד וכחול לבן צפויות להשיב בשעה זו לבקשת שופטי בגץ מאתמול לשנות סעיפים בעייתיים בהסכם הקואליציוני ולהודיע כי הקפאת החקיקה לחצי שנה תבוטל. החוק הנורבגי המדלג לא ינוסח מחדש בהמשך להערות השופטים. השר לביטחון הפנים גלעד ארדן בוחן הפיקוח על החוזרים מחו"ל יעבור למשטרה. מביאה את הפרטים כתבתנו המדינית מוריה אסרף וולברג. לפני זמן קצר הסתיים דיון שיזם השר ארדן בעניין חלופת בידוד לחוזרים מחוץ לארץ. ההצעה המרכזית שנבחנת כעת זה האפשרות שהמשטרה תקבל את האחריות על הקליטה והפיקוח של מחויבי הבידוד, זאת במקום המלוניות. בדיון השתתפו גם המפכ"ל ונציגים ממשרדי הממשלה, צה"ל והמל"ל. משרד הבריאות החל לבצע בדיקות קורונה מדגמיות לצוותים רפואיים בבתי החולים, פרסם כתבנו לענייני בריאות מאיר מרציאנו. הבדיקות החלו להתבצע בשמונה בתי חולים שונים, כאשר המטרה היא ניפוי אנשי צוות חולים ובחינת יעילות אמצעי המיגון שניתנים לצוותים. בבית החולים שערי צדק, לדוגמה, נדגמו 120 אנשי צוות רפואי, כולם יצאו שליליים. יתר התוצאות של בתי החולים יגיעו בסוף השבוע. שירה גרינברג, כלכלנית ראשית במשרד האוצר, מעריכה אצל יעל דן שבתסריט האופטימי עד לסוף השנה נרד לכ-360 אלף מובטלים. מספרי הדורשי דמי האבטלה עלו בצורה משמעותית, הם עומדים על סביבות המיליון איש, ואנחנו כמובן מאוד מודאגים מהנושא הזה. אנחנו באמת צופים על פי התחזיות של האגף שלי, שאנחנו נהיה בסדר גודל של בין 8 ל-9 אחוזי אבטלה בסוף השנה הזו. ברקע המשבר בפתיחת הפעוטונים עד גיל שלוש וגני הילדים הפרטיים, שר העבודה והרווחה אופיר אקוניס מספר ביומן הצהריים לגבש מתווה כלכלי ובריאותי לפתיחת המעונות. היום בעוד זמן קצר מתקיימת פגישה בין מנכ"לי משרד הבריאות, האוצר והעבודה והרווחה כדי להגיע למתווה בריאותי מצד אחד ומתווה כלכלי כדי שביום ראשון נוכל לראות את המעונות והגנים הפרטיים והמשפחתונים פתוחים וכך גם יחזרו יותר הורים לשוק העבודה. ומכאן למזג האוויר החורפי וכנראה הסופי לחורף הזה, גשם מקומי מלווה בסופות רעמים, יורד מדי פעם מצפון הארץ ועד לנגב. קיים חשש משיטפונות בנחלי הדרום והמזרח. לקראת אחרי הצהריים התחזקו הגשמים והרוחות, שיא המערכת בשעות הערב המאוחרות. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד. Lord, 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 Lord,
J.M. in the A.M. Sheibane Beit Hamikdash. That's uh, the work of uh, Leif Tahar and company here at J.M. in the A.M. Tuesday morning on day 26 in the counting of the Omer. Today is um, Giving Tuesday. It's actually the unofficial start of our 2020 fundraiser. Uh, we're going to be asking you in earnest uh, next week, right after Lagba Omer, to join us in um, supporting JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network for yet another year, which we greatly appreciate. Uh, but today being the unofficial start, 
we are asking, and because it's Giving Tuesday, we're asking everybody out there who appreciates all of our programming every single day to please uh, keep us in mind and to give generously at fjbunity.org. I also remind you that on that website, there are sponsorship opportunities. Uh, on, on the tab, you'll see it says sponsorship opportunities. And there are sponsorship opportunities uh, to uh, commemorate a yard site uh, in honor of someone's birthday or a special occasion, whatever it might be. But especially these days where the yard sites are a little bit challenging, no Kaddish, etc., you have an opportunity to sponsor or by Goldwasser's words, or by Uden's words, uh, in order to participate uh, in supporting us and keeping us going, and at the same time commemorating the memory of a loved one. So those of you out there who are uh, able at this time to help us out, we ask you that you please do. I uh, Earlier in the morning, I thanked uh, Ann and Harriet in Bayonne, New Jersey, for their generosity. Really got our Giving Tuesday off to a great start. And now we're asking all of you out there to please uh, join us and to give whatever you can in order to keep JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network going. We often are fundraising for other organizations and causes. <laughs> today, today we're fundraising for us and for our efforts. Uh, as you know, there are a variety of ways that this uh, network is supported, but without your donations... Uh, it is impossible to keep us going on a daily basis. So please, give generously. It's Giving Tuesday. We're off to a good start. Uh, you have the opportunity to uh, sponsor something uh, in honor or in memory of somebody, uh, which you can find at fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. But we ask that you go to that site and be as generous as possible, fjbunity.org. If you want to specifically mail in a donation, you could feel free to do so by uh, writing to us at the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. Again, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, 551 Grand Street, second floor, suite number three, New York, New York, 1002. Again, that's uh, 551 Grand Street, second floor, suite number three, New York, New York, 1002. And, uh, again, your help, as usual, is greatly appreciated. Uh, we just want to keep on going every single day with amazing music, great conversation, a uh, tremendous feeling of community and unity, which we've been able to really, really do very well over the last few months. We do it well every day for 35 years, frankly. But the last few months, we have really been able to demonstrate community and unity. So please keep us going. Again, it's um, it's uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And a very special thank you to uh, David and Sarah Weintraub out in Oak Park, Michigan. They've donated in honor of the administration, dispatchers, and especially the responders of Michigan Hatzalah for their selfless efforts. May HaKadosh Baruch Hu grant them continued health and kol mishalos libchem. Thank you, David and Sarah. Big shout-out to Oak Park. Um, that donation was just made this morning at the beginning of Giving Tuesday, and I thank them very much. So it's Giving Tuesday. Support JM&AM and the Nachum Siegel Network. It's the unofficial start to our 2020 fundraiser. Uh, many of you will be receiving an envelope in the mail. But certainly many of you today will be receiving an email from us. Please take it seriously. Please join us in keeping our network going at full, full strength. Uh, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. 12 minutes after 7 o'clock. Good morning. It's JM in the AM.
And if we head to our uh we head to our new music to our new music file, there is a brand new single from Benny Friedman that is done in a cappella style. Here it is at JM in the AM. Al 
תפסיק אליו לקרוב ותדע שאתה נמצא בידיים טובות ותדע שאתה נמצא בידיים
JM and the AM. Tuesday morning, 26th day in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Um, yeah. Before that, the, uh, well, before I tell you what was before that, I should tell you what that was, right? <laughs> yeah, that might be a better idea. <laughs> Let's start with that. Uh, that was Halev Shali, brand new from Cole Zimmer. It was wonderful speaking to Ashira Gorfinkel yesterday about that brand new selection. You can check out that interview online. Joey Newcomb, acapella, take us back. Benny Friedman, acapella, brand new. Be a dime to vote. Leif Tahar with Lo Alecha opening up the 7 o'clock hour on this Tuesday. Good morning, everybody. We're a week away from Lagba Omer. You know what that means. Our big Lagba Omer music blowout one week from today. Looking forward to it. And um, we're going to be involved in a very special event on Lagbomer. Yeah, an exclusive concert, I would say. And we'll give you information about that so you'll be able to access it. Should be a lot of fun. It should be a really important uh, venture for everybody. Uh, this portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Special shout-out to our friends from Arts Girl. You can imagine how busy they've been keeping everybody up to date uh, with their uh, collection of uh, books and svarim that they want to go through during this uh, corona time. It's a perfect opportunity to relax with a book or uh, intently uh, study a, a safer or holy book. Uh, brand new from Art Scroll, the Panay Menachem, Stories and Lessons of Torah Leadership, Compassion, and Empathy from the Life of our Pinchas Menachem Altar of Ger. That is brand new. Recent releases include One Small Spark by Rabbi Spiro, The Power of Tranquility by Rabbi Meir Yadid, The Rebetzin, The Story of Rebetzin Jungreis by Rabbi Nachman Seltzer, Wildlands by M. Keenan, uh, The Pocket Edition of Master Your Words, Master Your Life, the audio CD of Divrei Hachayim by Rabbi Yisrael Reisman. Those are some of the recent releases that um, Artscroll has out there right now. You can go to artscroll.com for all the information. Again, go to artscroll.com. Plus, plus, lots of Lagba Omer selections. Uh, the classic Lagba Omer, its observance, laws, and significance. The Lagba Omer and Tubishvat with Bina Benny and Chagai Hayona by Afagans. And Take Me to the Holy Land, the Youngster's Tour of Eretz Yisrael by Tzivya Yanofsky. Uh, that's available as well. Um, with everything that you order from Arts Grow, we encourage you to use promo code RADIO. Understand that any item that's really heavily discounted already because of the COVID period of time, uh, they're obviously not going to honor a promo code, which I get and I totally appreciate uh, but just uh, nonetheless, we encourage everybody, <coughs> excuse me, to use promo code radio just in case it will have uh, an effect on your order. Uh, for instance, um, we were asked by our friends at Artscroll not to offer promo code radio when it comes to the cookbooks because already Artscroll is um, at the lowest price ever on all of their cookbooks, a 30 percent off on any cookbook that's in stock plus free shipping on orders over $49. The sale is going to end May 11th. That's the day before Lagba Omer. It's an amazing opportunity to cook together in a fantastic way to bond with your children. And I would go through 
all these titles, but my gosh, just in front of me, let me see if I can do this quickly, just in front of me, there are 26 cookbook covers, 26 cookbook covers. So any cookbook at artscroll.com, if it's in stock, it is 30% off. Don't use promo code radio for that. Use promo code radio for everything else. And of course, go to artscroll.com, artscroll.com for all the details about all of this. You'll be glad you did. Artscroll.com. The coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers at the beginning of their championship season was David Blatt. He is now a recipient of the Bonate Sion Award. He joins us one half hour from now at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zebin Riosov Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basar Riosov Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We read in Shulchan Aruch that we are accustomed during this time not to perform marriages. The reason being is until Lagba Omer, the Tamidim of Rabbi Akiva, all died. The Talmud Bavli tells us at the time that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Shemayim, he found Hashem sitting, tying crowns onto the letters of the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu said, Hashem, mi Hashem said, there is one man in the future that is going to be at the end of a number of generations, Akiva ben Yosef Shmo. His name will be Akiva. She'asid lidro shal that he's going to expound for every little flag, for every piece in that letter, many, many halachos. Moshe Rabbeinu said to Hashem, show him to me. We learn that even Moshe Rabbeinu was somewhat envious of Rabbi Akiva. Hagon Rabbi Cheskel Abramsky asked the question, if Rabbi Akiva was doirish, if he expounded so many laws, then our Shas, our Talmud, has to be so much bigger. It should really be many more volumes. Where did all of those laws go? It seems to be that in the day of Sfira Saomer, when the Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva all perished, all these laws that Rabbi Akiva taught them perished together with them. This also answers the question as to why we mourn for the Talmudim. As we know, it is forbidden to mourn. It's also to be misavil more than 12 months. It says, Shalames, it was already decreed that for those that have passed on, eventually they should somewhat be forgotten from the heart. However, Rabbi Cheskel Abramsky said that's only when you're talking about people, being misavil or mourning over people, Oleinu. When we are misavel because we've lost chachma, we mourn the greatness, the wisdom that we don't have. Because if we would have had those talmidim, we would have had a bigger Torah. Therefore, we mourn over the fact that the talmidim died and that huge chalik, the huge portion of Torah, is forgotten. In truth, it is a mourning over loss of great chachma. The reason that we have such a thirst in the Yemei Sfira during the days of Sfira for the coming Kabbalah Torah, when the Torah was given at Sinai, it's because we sense that loss of Chachma. We feel the loss, and because of that, we desire and we thirst that much more for the greatness of Torah. 
This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
JM in the AM, Vokalish calls that the Chabad medley here at JM in the AM. Before that, Ode on a uh, Tuesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. David Blatt, who is um, one of the world's most famous basketball coaches, professional basketball coach, um, is going to be my guest about 15 minutes from now here at JM in the AM. He's one of the recipients of the Bonate Sion Award. Uh, from Nefesh Benefesh. And uh, we will have an opportunity to talk coming up. Um, coming up at 8 o'clock this morning here at JM in the AM. Also, Tzvi Gluck is scheduled. Uh, Amudim is doing, uh, oh boy, a lot of work these days, you can imagine. We'll speak with him coming up. Today's day 26 in the counting of the Omer. Day uh, 26, that's three weeks and five days. Today's Giving Tuesday, the unofficial start of our 2020 fundraiser. Please support JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel Network. We need your support to keep going, and we want you to be part of our 2020 fundraiser. Go to fjbunity.org and be as generous as possible. fjbunity.org. A big thank you to Harriet and Anne in New Jersey who got us started this morning with a great donation very early on. It's one that we found here when we uh, walked in this morning to the studio. So go to, um, again, please go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And I thank you very, very much for that. Uh, listener Chaya says, Boker Tov, the Wall Street Journal this morning has a feature article about how people dress during this lockdown at home. The question, will we give up cozy clothing after this is over? <laughs> it is going to take an effort to get back to the the regular rotation of clothing that I have to that I have to admit. Uh, if you want to comment on the app, go to the NSN Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. 
So as I said, we have um, David Blatt, the uh, coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers during their championship season, coach of the uh, of Maccabi Tel Aviv and many, many great teams in Europe and Russia. Uh, he's going to be joining us coming up at 8 o'clock, one of the Bonate Sion Award recipients. We look forward to speaking with him about 15 minutes from now here at uh, JM and the AM. Should be a fun conversation. We're a week away from Logba Omer. We'll have all the Logba Omer details, of course, here at JM and the AM. Um, we are involved in one of the events that's happening, Logba Omer night, meaning Tuesday night. And we'll tell you how to access that and be part of it. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better, better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Check out A&H today. You'll be glad you did. Mostly sunny, a high 63. Some rain tomorrow with a high tomorrow only 54 degrees. Raining right now in Yerushalayim. Raining in 65, 47 here in New York. As we say uh, good morning at JM and the AM. Uh, we'll go back, I believe. Are we going back to our, uh, let's see, what are we doing here? Um, we will go to the acapella single done by Aaron Razel here on a Tuesday morning Sphera format, JM in the AM. Chavik, 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 Chavik,
J.M. in the A.M. I'm Yisrael Chai from Ari Goldwag. Before that, you heard Leif Tahar. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. 
over After all these years Our emotions can run deeply Moving us to tears Joy will fill our hearts When he's finally here When the has finally here But we must strengthen our Thank you. 
JM in the AM. Tuesday morning broadcast at 12 minutes after 8 o'clock. Well, many of you are aware of the fact that uh, our friends at Nefesh Benefesh uh, each year uh, bestow the uh, Sylvan Adams Nefesh Benefesh Bonate Sion Prize to English-speaking Olim who have greatly contributed to the state of Israel. Seven outstanding Olim from English-speaking countries have been awarded this year's award, the Bonate Sion Prize recognizing Anglos who've made a major contribution to the state of Israel. To see the whole list and to explore the entire story, go to bonetzion, bonetzion.org.il, bonetzion.org.il. In the area of culture, art, and sports, it is the legendary coach David Blatt, known as one of the most successful American-Israeli coaches in European basketball history. Before he started his coaching career, he played Point guard at Princeton, played in the Maccabia Games for the U.S., won the 1981 gold medal, by the way. Played professional basketball in Israel for nine years before starting his full-time coaching career. Won the Italian Championship in 2006, coached the Russian national team for seven years, and won the Eurobasket Championship in 07, plus Olympic bronze in London in 2012. In 2014, he led Maccabi Tel Aviv to one of the greatest comebacks against Cheska Moscow in the EuroLeague semifinal game, proceeding to win the championship after, championship after defeating Real Madrid in overtime. David Blatt has been the Israeli Super League Coach of the Year four times. During his time as a Maccabi's coach, he helped the team achieve new heights and recognition in Israel and worldwide. After Maccabi, he coached the Cleveland Cavaliers to the NBA Finals, and I will note, of course, that he was also a coach of the Cavaliers during the championship year when they won the NBA Finals. And he went on to coach uh, in Greece and in Turkey where his team won an historic Euro Cup championship. He made Aliyah in 1981 from Boston, Massachusetts. Coach David Blatt, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning. It's a pleasure. How are you? Appreciate it very much. A pleasure to speak with you. Um you went to uh, you went to Maccabea Games um, uh, uh, straight out of college, but before that, you had been uh, based on what I read on some kibbutz team. It sounds like in the middle of college, would you have gone to the Maccabea and returned to Israel if not for that kibbutz experience? Well, you know, I, I spent a summer on kibbutz Gan Shmuel in 1979 after being invited by another uh, Israeli American coach uh, by the name of Bob Gunen, who was who made Aliyah in his time and has lived in Israel ever since. And I spent just a wonderful uh, summer volunteering and playing with the Ganshmuel team, uh, not in the official league season, but uh, in their summer activities. And I fell in love with uh, Israel. You know, I have, of course, I'd had familiarity and and connection uh, um, kind of in a surface, from a surface standpoint, through my own uh, Jewish upbringing, but uh, discovering the country, the people, and and the the importance and the value of being a part of that society really, really touched me. Even at that time, and coming to the Maccabee Games in '81 sort of solidified my uh, desire to uh, experience life in Israel as a citizen. And uh, upon coming in, in 81 and beginning my basketball career, I also found Zionism <laughs> and, and recognized and realized the importance of uh, 
of Israel to the Jewish people and of my role as a part of that. Um the uh, the the experience of uh, the Maccabea games led to your Aliyah. I, did you make Aliyah officially right after that? In in, in uh... I, I did in uh, in eighty one. And and uh, you act- honestly, I had planned it coming in to the Maccabea games, but that sort of solidified my uh, desire to do it. And you actually did serve in the IDF in what section of the Israeli army? You know, I served on uh, a base in uh, Jerusalem called Sneller. I was uh, part of the chain of uh, the Israeli military. I actually, because I was a professional player at that time as well, I had uh, a job, Sapak Mazon Midbach. I was helping with the supplies right. for the base from, uh, from a food uh, standpoint. And uh, you know, gave my gave my service uh, with honor and with uh, not with distinction, perhaps, but <laughs> certainly with a great deal of pride. And and uh, that's you know that's been part of my Israeli life as well. Well, now with COVID, we're all reading about how important supply chain is, especially in the area of uh, of food. Uh, Coach David Blatt is with us as uh, we discuss the Bonate Sion Award to congratulate him on the Nefesh Benefesh recognition. Uh, that he is uh, receiving. Um, were you part of that Princeton team that went to the NCAA's, the BYU game? Uh, well, I, I did play against BYU um, in my senior year. Right, that was the year that they uh, went. That was the only time in your college career they actually went to the tournament, right? Uh, we went to the tournament. That was the year that my teams went to the tournament, yes. But, of course, Princeton had, has had a long history of great success in college basketball and, and brought many uh, elements and philosophies that have been used ever since in terms of how to play the game properly. And, uh, you know, it was great to be a part of that program. We had to have, of course, the academic experience of going to school there. Yeah, well, we always uh, knew that our U.S. Senator from New Jersey, Bill Bradley, had gone to Princeton. And, and Pete Carrill's name, of course, always comes up when it comes to the uh, to the great coaches in college basketball history. Th- does his system and his technique still exist in pro ball? Is that something that coaches like yourself still study at this point? Well, you know, Coach Carrill, who was a Hall of Fame coach and, and deservedly so, really implemented a, a system or a way of playing the game that has been uh, – let's say both admired and copied to a certain extent, if, if nothing more than a lot of the principles that he put into the, you know, the, the Princeton offense, uh, I don't know that it's being played purely or in the same way that we were playing it back then. But, you know, you can look at almost any game and see elements of the Princeton offense that are being used that, uh, certainly has served coaches uh, throughout America and throughout the world very well. At what point in your career, as you started your your coaching career, did other European teams or other teams that play on that side of the world start to notice and realize that, that you, a, a coach essentially in Israel, has the capability of leading any team at that point? Well, you know, I, I coached in six different countries and tried to – bring with me the knowledge that I had gained from both from playing with uh, 
great players in the professional ranks, playing for great coaches and working uh, with many, many different coaches uh, from around the world. Uh, but, you know, the, the important thing is not only did I bring my basketball to the different cultures and the different countries, but I, I brought my way uh, of Israel, too, of trying to find solutions of dealing with adversity from sharing uh, knowledge and, and, and culture and, and, and trying to be a positive influence on everyone around me, regardless of uh, from where they came or from where I came. Uh, and certainly my experience as, a, as an Israeli and an Israeli citizen, as well as my background coming from America, served me well. Uh, in in terms of being able to communicate uh, my ideas, and in terms of and in, and in my willingness to open up and 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 share uh, with people from from all over, but never losing sight of my Jewish roots or or the importance of from where from whence I came from where I came. I understand that, but you're 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 playing or coaching uh, rather in in cities and countries where I would assume. Many, many of the people you're meeting had never met a Jew. Certainly, had never met a Jew as as Israeli and as Zionistic as as you are. Uh, and there, there had to have been—I don't want to use the word negative—but there had to have been uh, interesting and challenging reactions and situations uh, that came up because of that background. Am I right? Am I giving too little credit to the people that you were associated with? Well. No, I mean, for any Jew in the world, you know, there is indeed, if, if, if at the minimum, underneath the surface, a, a certain element of uh, anti or, or, you know, to a greater extent, even, you know, an active type of uh, um, denial or, or denigration of uh, who we are and where we're from. You know, and that was one of the things that I always tried to do was to uh, work past that and show people the the real value and the real worth of uh, of our people, uh, and uh, to focus on on making connections and on opening doors, and not on the opposite. You know, I, n- I never let that get in the way, and, and fortunately, uh, I think when when people understood. Um, my willingness and my openness uh, that helped them to feel more comfortable and, and to to respond uh, in, in in kind. Right, I get that. But when you're going to Turkey and Italy and Russia, I, I would assume they're members of the media, and in some cases, many fans who are wondering why the team has to go in the Israeli direction to bring leadership to their local team. Can't I assume that? That there, that you know, that was that was always in the background at the beginning of your hiring by one of these countries and teams. Well, again, it, not always, but it, it did it did rear its uh, head at times. What was the worst uh, experience? What was the most challenging experience? In what city in the world? You know, challenges are opportunities. So, you know, it, going into going into Russia as an uh, an American. Israeli Jewish basketball coach was, you know, it was challenging. Right. Uh, certainly for a country that for so many years had been 
uh, not Russia, but Soviet Union, uh, and those times and all that brought with them, um, you know, that was that was an experience. That was a that was a challenge and an opportunity to uh, to bring out the best in in people, including myself. How does a great coach in Europe and Israel get noticed by the NBA? Well, let's not forget that, you know, I was born and raised in the United States. You know, and I left the States at uh, 22 years old to go to, 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 to go to Israel to start my professional career uh, because of the fact that in most of the teams that I worked in, I was responsible for helping to build the team. So I had great interaction uh, with scouts, agents, with NBA personnel, with NBA managers, uh, in order to help me to find uh, the right type of players for my team, as well as to share information with those teams in terms of their desire to learn the European way of uh, basketball or to find talent from uh, the other side of the Atlantic. Uh, so that symbiotic relationship uh, sort of really developed my uh, my recognition with uh, with the people in the, the NBA. And of course, when your teams are very successful and are being scouted or being followed by people on this side of the the Atlantic, then you know you're, you're bound to make good contacts and, and hopefully a good impression. And that's more or less what happened with me. You know, we um, Cleveland's a great Jewish community. I'm sure you know that. Uh, and I, I always remember how our friend Ron Bloomberg, who was a Yankee for many years, you know, told us about all the bar mitzvah invitations that he used to get. Uh, was there added pressure on you uh, by our brethren, our brothers and sisters in Cleveland, to be more involved in the community because of your background? Added pressure, no. They were very welcoming and, and very warm. And I actually have friends in Cleveland that I knew and had met through my experiences in Israel. You know, one guy, Mark Sack, comes to mind. He's a good friend of mine to this day, who's a very uh, uh, well-known member of the Jewish community in in, uh, in the Cleveland, in Cleveland. You know, this is a guy that I met back in 81 in Israel. Uh, so, you know, being a part of that society was, was, was really easy and no added pressure, just support. You know, one of the things that us basketball fans are doing now is we're watching the documentary about the Chicago Bulls, and it, it is so clear that the role of a head coach in the NBA is so much is so much dependent on their ability to manage, you know, ty really strong Type A personalities and people who are great at what they do. Um, would you, if someone called you today and said, "I'm becoming an NBA coach. I need a piece of advice," would that be the first area of focus that you would speak to them about? You know, I do a lot of speaking uh, in a number of different fields, whether it be you know basketball oriented, or whether it be leadership, or uh, uh, dealing with uh, adversity, or or uh, planning and team building. And you know, I I can tell you, coaching is is in my mind made up of five different principles. And and you know, the first is of course, uh, and then what I would advise to any any perspective coach and anywhere and any place in the world is, you know, you got to know the material uh, just like anything else. You got to study, you got to learn, you got to pay attention. 
you got to share ideas and, and be open to, to new schools of thought and, and to gaining knowledge. You know, the, the second thing is you have to decide what type of coach you're going to be. Are you going to be a system coach? In other words, use the same system no matter where you are, or are you going to be a personnel coach? Recognize the uh, roster that you have or the players you have and then build around them. you got to be a teacher uh, and, and know how to uh, help your players advance both in terms of their skills and in terms of their basketball IQ, um, you know, and you have maybe more than anything, you have to be a human being. You know, you have to know how to talk to people and communicate with people and to recognize that people are 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 different and and find the ways to reach them uh, and talk to them in a manner that that they can and want to uh, listen and learn. You know, and finally, you have to be uh, someone that promotes and grows culture. You know, have a have a have a way of doing things, and be the kind of example that makes those around you want to follow, and become the best version of themselves. You know, you're being recognized by Nefesh Benefesh, and I'm wondering how your Aliyah went. Many people, especially in the era. Uh, during which you moved to Israel, un- unfor- mm-hmm. unfortunately, had very difficult, uh, very difficult travel. <clears throat> excuse me, or, or procedural matters and adjustments to the Holy Land. It's one of the reasons Nefesh Nefesh was founded, and they're so successful. What was your Aliyah like? Well, you know, I was uh, very mivroach. Uh, I was blessed. You know, I, I I came in as a professional athlete. And I had a very strong support system from the management of the team at that time, Maccabi Haifa, who really helped me go through a lot of the administrative uh, challenges that you have. Uh, Being uh, a part of a team and having a very clear and structured environment was uh, was, uh, helpful to me. you know, when you when you're when you're a pro athlete, you know the recognition and 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 perhaps the the almost the the favored status that you have. It certainly makes it a lot easier. You know, when I think about my aliyah, uh, I know I had it a lot easier than than many. Uh, certainly from a from a technical, administrative, and and uh, even financial standpoint, um, but. As a, an American coming to Israel and going through the different life and, and different culture that you know living in Israel presented at that time, um, you know that was that was certainly uh, challenging and, and required uh, me to to have an open mind and more importantly an open heart and to embrace the country and and, and its ways. Um, but honestly, because I fell in love with, uh, with Israel so quickly and so early and, and really pushed myself to learn the language and to become a part, uh, of the country in, in every respect, including those military service, you know, I feel that my Aliyah was, uh, was best case. And I, right. I feel very lucky and fortunate to have gone through that. I know there are those that have tough times, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, people realize and recognize what a wonderful uh, country it is to live in and how important it is 
for Jewish people from all over the world, world to come and, if they can, to make it their homeland and, and continue to support and grow the state of Israel. Well, we certainly agree with you on that. It's one of the reasons we're such proud partners with Nefesh Benefesh on everything that they do, and uh, it's heartwarming to see how many people even now in this situation still committed to get to Israel and make it their permanent home as soon as possible. Did you have to learn Turkish, Greek, or Russian when you got those jobs? That wasn't necessary. Well, I mean, that, that was an important element for me in terms of being able to feel a part of the society and the culture, and also for people perhaps to receive me in a little bit of a different way. You know, honestly, uh, those languages, particularly Italian and Russian and Turkish, I, I really don't speak very much. But, uh, you know, I like to tell people that because of my travels and because of my uh, habitation in, in, in so many different co- countries, I, I speak four languages badly. That's sort of my my state of affairs, but I do know enough to to get by and to give others the feeling that I indeed am embracing their culture and am respectful uh, of living in their country and very much desiring of being a part of it. Did they make you uh, do press conferences in Russian, or they didn't subject you to that? Well, you know, what I'd like to do was to throw a sentence here and there in Russian uh-huh. uh, for the for the purposes of uh, surprising them or, or even putting a smile on their face. Uh, but no, generally I did my press conferences both in Italy and in uh, or, or in Italy and in Turkey and in Greece and in Russia with a translator, uh, but peppered with the local language. Fortunately, in Israel, I could. I could manage very well uh, in Hebrew. You know, Coach, uh, when you got to Cleveland, we made efforts to get you on the air. Unfortunately, those those, those didn't work. Uh, but I'm so glad that we had this opportunity, and I thank Nefesh Menefesh for it. And by the way, one of the reasons I'm so thankful is because I really had an opportunity because of this assignment uh, to study your, your history, which is amazing. I, I never realized how connected you were uh, to Israel and the Jewish world in general. By the way, Coach, I must ask you, and my staff's going to laugh because yeah. they always work their way into a conversation about basketball. Mm-hmm. Are, are, are mm-hmm. you at all, and, and if not, it's fine. I'm just curious. Are you at all aware of how Yeshiva University did this year and how their story became an international story on the basketball court, I mean? This year, no. I mean, in the past, I had followed Yeshiva because I even knew a few guys from there. Wow. But tell me. I'd love to hear the story. Well, this year they did win the Skyline Conference Championship. They went to the Division Three NCAAs. They won the first two rounds. And unfortunately, the next four rounds were all canceled because of the pandemic that we're in right now. Oh, boy. So it's funny, well, yeah. it's funny because that, I, yeah. I said to Coach Elliot Steinmetz, uh, who, by the way, claims that your son is a phenomenal ball player. He coached against him in and 20. He's right. Yeah, and, and he's, he's right. right. <laughs> and he's right. I said, I said to the the goal is always to win the last game of the year. So I guess why you could at least be happy with that, right? <laughs> That's very true. Well, Coach Steinmetz probably uh, read Coach Carrill's book. Uh, when the smart take from the strong, and obviously he's uh, managed to do just that with uh, with Yeshiva against his uh, his competition, and I'm happy to hear that, and I'm happy for him and for the university. I appreciate that very much, and I'm sure they I appreciate it as an alum, and I'm sure the team appreciates hearing it from a pro like yourself. Mazal tov to you on the award. And thank you so much for spending this time with us. And uh, thank you for being such an incredible representative of Israel and the Jewish people. Really a pleasure speaking with you. Well, thank, thank, 
please allow me to thank Nefesh Benefesh. Yes. And, and in giving me the Bonnet Young Prize and what, what that organization is doing is a lot more important than, uh, than what I've done, but I'm certainly happy to be a part of that family now. So I'm appreciative. Much appreciated, Coach Blatt. Be well and continued success. Thank you so much. Coach David Blatt. He is uh, a, a legendary and historic basketball coach, Israel Europe, and of course with the Cleveland Cavaliers, who won the championship during the year where he started as their coach and the NBA championship. And now he is, and you heard what he had to say uh, about how meaningful the uh, Bonet Zion Prize is. He is now one of the Olim immigrants to Israel from English speaking countries who've been awarded the 2020 Sylvan Adams. Nefesh Benefesh Bonet Zion Prize. Go to bonezion.org.il. Bonezion.org.il. More coming up. You are listening to a uh, Tuesday morning broadcast of JM in the AM. Shame in the AM with the Maccabees. Tuesday morning broadcast here at JMAM. Day 26 in the counting of the Omer. Day 26. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It's Giving Tuesday. Uh, unofficial start to our 2020 fundraiser. If you are a uh, past supporter or have never been a supporter of JMAM and the Nahum Siegel Network, Please go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and uh, support us during our 2020 fundraiser. 47 degrees, mostly sunny, high 63. You can only imagine the work that uh, Amudim is doing. Those of you who are familiar with Amudim, and I know a lot of this audience already is, one can only imagine um, the work that they are doing now in this uh, time of pandemic. 
They're always busy 24 hours a day, seven days a week, unfortunately. Uh, but now, believe it or not, the workload has even increased. Uh, Rip Tzvi Gluck, of course, who leads the Amudim organization, is with us live via telephone as we uh, discuss what's happening these days. Tzvi, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Rib Nachum, and thank you for having me again. A pleasure to have you on. Unfortunately, it's uh, in a circumstance where the workload that you and your staff normally have is even more of a workload now during the pandemic crisis. Explain to us, explain to the audience why your work, which does t- require attention 24-7, has now become uh, increasingly more difficult during this time. So, uh, first and foremost, um, it's because the sheer amount of mental health-related anxiety, depression, and so many other core issues that are resulting from the loss of jobs, from the loss of life, from people being sick, have simply just been astounding. I mean, these are numbers that we could have never prepared for in a million years. If you would have told me three months ago this is where we'd be, I would have sent you to an institution. No jokes. It's just, I mean, call volume alone to regular Amudim, we're not even going to talk about the support line yet, we'll get to that in a second, Right, has increased by 57% since the pandemic began. Current clients <clears throat> that were doing well are all of a sudden starting to have a lot of new struggles um, dealing with quarantine, especially in situations of abuse where the family members may have been the ones that either perpetrated the abuse or did not believe their loved one and now they're stuck in the same house as them, bringing back trauma. The amount of people that are struggling with addiction to stay sober that are at risk of, at, of relapsing because of just the, you know, the stress and the pressure. Of course. These are just things that are, are just, I mean, things we could have never imagined. So, and then to compound that, two and a half months ago, somebody calls for help. We're able within a few days to set up, whether it's insurance advocacy, finding the right treatment center, program, therapist, just the regular workload is now that much more complicated. Which facilities are accepting people? Who's seeing people via Skype, via Zoom? How can we get people the proper resources? How can we keep people safe? Uh, You know, the amount of people that we have right now that we're literally putting up in hotels temporarily because we don't have enough housing. You know, normally we could find a family member, a cousin, a grandparent, a friend, a neighbor, you know, when it comes to victims of domestic violence or abuse in order to place them someplace. We don't even have those options. Um, Even our therapy fund has has run out, and we're trying desperately to raise money so that, you know, people that are in need of therapy more than ever can get that, you know, assistance. When when, When we were with Hamoudin, Every and, and we did the uh, uh, the big fundraiser a few months ago. Every one of these situations that you described, we had people on to discuss how they were helped by it. Whether it was the uh, domestic abuse situations, whether it was alcoholism, uh, whether it was literally the therapy fund, where people spoke to us and said we never would be able to afford to, uh, you know, this type of service and this type of follow up, and and now you're able to. Uh, so all this is directly affecting people. And you know, a, a terrible example of this, but just a terrible comparison. But I'll give it just so the, the, the people who are blessed with normal lives can understand. Um, many people who have disciplined themselves over the last few years or sometimes for a lifetime 
when it comes to uh, the way they eat and the way they uh, uh, they exercise uh, during this pandemic, frankly, uh, for many people, uh, that has fallen by the wayside. And they have, you know, gone back to very bad old habits. And I know it's a bad comparison because in your case, what you're doing, dealing with is life and death situations. But but for us as uh, as regular people, we can we can relate to it and we can understand it better with that example because you have people that have gotten over alcoholic problems, that have adjusted and have worked on themselves when it comes to domestic abuse situations, who have gone ahead and and you know and and dealt with their eating disorders and have you know utilized weekly or daily therapy to their advantage. Every one of these things is now a challenge to just continue the way it was. And I think you'd agree, Svi, that uh, that the pandemic, if it has done one awful side thing to all of us, it has altered uh, the way we are able to discipline ourselves and move forward. And I, I would guess that that's one of the reasons why your workload is now bigger than ever. Uh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, and on the other side, just from the cloud perspective, you know, the amount of people that are facing poverty now right. and people that can't get food, you know, from unemployment and losing jobs and everything else. So, you know, first of all, Mika Amkhi Yisrael, how many amazing funds and organizations and people are stepping up to help, you know, with the assignment and Almanis and, and you see the work that Morty Getz is doing and all these other people and, and Masbiya, it's amazing. It really, it's, it's so heartwarming that, that we're part of such a community but when it comes to the mental health component of it, these same families that are getting all of these other services and benefits desperately need this help as well. Right. And we just need to find a way to get to it. And it's just, it's so tough. I, if I tell you that we're putting in five to 10 grant applications a day from foundation to foundation, you know, I mean, just begging anywhere, like we're just grasping at straws. And again, yes, we do our annual campaign where we raise money to cover the, the general operating budget and a lot of other expenses that help us carry us through the year. Um, and, and today we're focusing specifically on the mental health needs. You know, whatever money we raise today is specifically geared towards covering the cost associated with the mental health requirements of so many that need it. Svi Gluck is with us. Amudim is the organization, and now he has clearly explained it. We've, uh, we've laid down the... Uh... Uh, the groundwork, and the and now you understand the playing field, everybody, in terms of all the different situations that they are dealing with and the greater need that Amudim has highlighted throughout the entire community. But today it's all about the mental health issue and people out there supporting their therapy fund and people out there supporting the efforts that they're making to help as many people as possible who are going through very, very difficult mental health challenges. Uh, Tzvi, what is the official information? How does someone today help out? How do they share the information with others? What are we uh, looking to tell people about supporting the mental health therapies and assistance for Amudim today? We are asking them to go to the Amudim website, uh, amudim.org forward slash donate, or just plain www.amudim.org and click the donate button. Uh, we are posting on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, throughout the day with links, videos, statistics, and other information. If people can follow us on social media and share that and pass that along, you know, that would be a great help. Um, you know, right now I could say that Baruch Hashem, 
so far up up to the first two hundred thousand dollars we do have matchers that are matching it to every dollar that someone donates we get to okay. uh we might actually raise that if we can get some additional larger donors that can give bigger gifts so we can raise our goal which we're hoping to accomplish as well but for right now and i say this every dollar counts because every life counts and we just need any and all support that we can get right now this is trying times that we could have never foreseen the needs are so much greater and we just we really need the community to partner with us so we can keep doing what we're doing amudim.org slash donate uh here on our computer it also works with donate.amudim.org donate.amudim.org amudim has some really fascinating stats they have a breakdown of their amudim support line calls uh financial worries five percent domestic violence almost ten percent coronavirus worries 16.5%, general anxiety over 20%, child and children's mental health issue, 2.5%, suicidal uh, ideas at 3.8%, psychiatric interventions at 52 addiction recovery related over 11%, and abuse related over 25%. Imagine those are nine categories that are taken care of on their support lines. Uh, you have a statistic here at Svigluck on your website. Uh, that 73%, which I think is an astoundingly incredible figure, 73% of these matters are resolved literally on the phone call themselves. 26% require follow-up. How is it possible that stat is so high? So let me explain. The support line is something that was created out of necessity for a lot of people that are struggling. They just need somebody to talk to. Right. And we were able to partner with multiple organizations and put together only licensed mental health professionals that are volunteering. We're not paying any of them. They are all volunteering. A hundred and two current volunteers manning this support line seven days a week, 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. And very often the people that are struggling, they just need coping skills, mechanisms, just somebody to talk to, somebody just to... So by, it's in essence, it's not a therapy session, but in essence, it's a person speaking to a therapist and being able to gain coping skills and just some basic assistance. They need a strategy. To get them through that crisis. They need a strategy. And, and what's also beautiful is I'm sure you know that, you know, right before Pesach, when we were trying to figure out three-day yumptif, right. people in recovery needing to go to meetings, people with mental health crises, what to do. Right. And Rav David Cohen released that video where he clearly stated, Lagabai, Shabbos, and Yamtif, if people need help, right. they're allowed to use Zoom. And again, obviously, in cases of Pekuach Nefesh, which right. mental illness and, and these matters are Pekuach Nefesh, and, um, you know, we had our lines open. We received over 350 calls over Yamtif and Shabbos alone, and, and the support line is still open. It's seven days a week, all, you know, people licensed from therapists just giving their time to be able to be a listening ear to those that really need it. And it's, it's, it's amazing how many people have messaged us afterwards and said, thank you so much. The support line truly helped me, truly saved me, or, or a therapist that called us and said, you know, my client tried reaching me. They couldn't get through. They couldn't get through to us. Calling your support line was the bridge that just got them to relax and calm them down until I was able to see them the next day or the day after. Unbelievable. So, this is, we've received over 1,300 calls on the support line. And again, obviously, we're trying to raise money. But for anyone that needs help, please um, call the support line. It's completely anonymous, 718-972-3000. 
That's 718-972-3000 uh, uh, or one eight 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 seven 7 Please, if anyone knows anyone who needs help or just needs someone to talk to, please reach out. That's what we're here for. You know, even when we're trying to raise money, we still need to make sure that people know we're here for them. And that's that's the key. Everything that's raised today goes to the much-needed funds for the COVID-19 mental health relief efforts all coordinated by Amudim. Go to the website, donate.amudim.org, amudim.org slash donate. Just go to the Amudim website. You will find it. It is a one-day uh, matching campaign, and they're trying to raise as much money as possible. And I remind you, my dedicated listeners, we have our own fundraiser going on right now, but this is so vital and important <laughs> that we are uh, giving attention and time uh, to the work of Amudim on this Giving Tuesday um, because we will never, ever uh, shirk our responsibility uh, to allow an important effort in our community to grow and be noticed by more and more uh, people, especially our listeners. So uh, as much as we hope that everybody supports us and you have an opportunity throughout our entire fundraiser to do so, keep in mind that this one-day fundraiser is Amudim's COVID-19 Mental Health Relief Fund. Uh, it is being matched, and you could right now give a donation donate.amudim.org or amudim.org slash donate. Tzvi Gluck, who's up 24-7 essentially. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how your staff does it, but you are helping a tremendous number of people out there. I always pray that that number should dwindle, but as long as it keeps going up, and now during COVID, unfortunately it is, I hope you have the strength and the volunteers and staff uh, to help as many people as possible. I, I, I have to say, first of all, I appreciate it, Cisco and Mitzvah, and especially because you're doing your own fundraiser and you're still giving us this time. So a real special thank you for that. And thank you for continuously partnering with us and helping us bring awareness, you know, whether it's just awareness on these topics or helping us raise money. And, you know, may everybody that needs a refuah have it very quickly. And Amazing. I just hope for these days to come to an end very soon so we can try to rebuild and restructure and get back to our everyday life. Amen. Yeah, to Hashem. Thank you, Tzvi. I hope today's a big success. Be well. Amen. Thank you so much. Tzvi Gluck, amudim.org slash donate. Uh, they're doing the tough job. They're doing the really hard work out there to help people in our community. Help them out, everybody, if you can. Help them out. Tuesday morning broadcast, JM and the AM. Uh, this portion of our NSN programming is brought to you by A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. By the way, we are scheduled tomorrow. Speaking of Jewish heroes, <laughs> uh, we are scheduled tomorrow to speak with um, Rabbi Yoshua Fass the head of Nefesh Benefesh. Now, I loved this interview with Coach David Blatt. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great tribute to Nefesh Benefesh. But there are a lot of stories being written now about predictions of mass Aliyah in the next couple of months and realities regarding Aliyah right now. What's really happening? And I'm so glad that we get to speak to Rabbi Fast tomorrow and explore all of this. Make sure to join us. Make sure to join us. Um, don't forget, we do have our own fundraiser going on <laughs> right now. <laughs> As my staff is frustrated that I continue to feature other causes. What can I tell you? 
uh, support us if you, if you're if you're happy as as Anne and uh, as Anne and um, Harriet in New Jersey were motivated to give us an unbelievable donation early this morning. I hope you're the same way. I hope you're motivated to give us a really, really solid donation. Just thinking about all the things we bring to your attention, all the causes we bring to your attention. I hope that's enough to convince you, everybody out there, everybody, to join our 2020 campaign, whether you gave last year or didn't. Do tshuva (laughs) if you didn't give. Do tshuva now by giving to this year's campaign. Double it if you forgot last year. But our unofficial start to our 2020 fundraiser is today, Giving Tuesday. The official start will be uh, next week um, when you're going to hear a lot of voices telling you why it's so important to support us. But if you are a fan of the music and talk, but more importantly, a fan of the community that we have created, a fan of getting together every day with our community internationally, then please support us. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Tomorrow we get a chance to talk about Aliyah, and I can't wait for that. By the way, the interview I did yesterday with Kalman Samuel, speaking of Aliyah, uh, we're going to play it next on JM Rewind, so you'll have an opportunity to hear it uh, if you missed it yesterday. So it's coming up, so don't touch that dial, as we say. It's coming up next, a great, great interview. Founder of Shalva, Kalman Samuels. Our friends at Art Scroll have some great brand new releases, including the Panay Menachem, Stories and Lessons of Torah Leadership, Compassion, and Empathy from the Life of Rav Pinchas Menachem, Altar of Ger. Um, that's a great brand new book. One so- Small Spark, or by Achiel Spiro, that's a recent release. The Rebetzin, Rabbi Nachman Seltzer, a recent release about the life of Rebetzin Esther Jungreis. Don't forget, you go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio. Go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio. By the way, they have some great Lagba Omer books. The uh, classic Lagba Omer, the classic Lagba Omer and Tu Bishvat with Bina Benny and Chagai Hayona. Uh, the classic Take Me to the Holy Land. Go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio. On the cookbooks, and they have a picture in their ad of 26 cookbooks. On the cookbooks... <laughs> That's unbelievable. On the cookbooks, do not use promo code radio because every cookbook that's in stock is already 30% off. So you don't have to use promo code radio. But maybe you should just remind them that you heard about it here. Uh, But aside from that, the sale goes till May 11th, 30% off on every cookbook in stock at artscroll.com. They have 26 in the picture. So that's amazing. So go to artscroll.com, promo code radio, artscroll.com, promo code radio. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AlchemSingle.com, and the AlchemSingle Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Tuesday here at JM in the AM. Tomorrow, Rabbi Fass. Talk about one of my favorite topics with one of my favorite people. Aliyah. Uh, it's all tomorrow, starting at 6 a.m. Eastern Time. JM Rewind next with Colin Samuels. Have a fabulous Tuesday, and please remember us on Giving Tuesday. Go to FJB for Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org.
and give and give and give and share the information and be as generous as possible. I beg of you, please be as generous as possible. Have a great Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Sigal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.